I did a lot of extra, like after school tutoring, meaning I was getting tutored and um, getting extra instruction from my instructors who were absolutely great. I mean, a lot of them live like within the um, post of West Point. So, I mean, they'll come in on the weekends to catch you up. And I mean, it's like one thing I always tell anybody who's looking to go to really any of the academies, but I can only really speak to West Point is, I mean, you almost have to try to fail. If you are motivated and are really working hard, like they don't want you to fail. Hi, I'm Pete McCall. And welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. You guessed it. That voice you heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode is United States Army Captain Cassandra Clark. Now, now Casey, as I'm going to call her, I I always, and so you know, when, when I first talk to a guest, whether they're a doctor, whatever their title might be, I always greet them by their title and I let them tell me what, what to call them. And today's guest, Casey, insists I call her Casey. So I wanted to respect her. I did the, the my formal introduction as captain. She said, oh, no, no, call me Casey. This is a lot of fun today. And I, again, I've told you I get different. This is one of those, one of those interviews I got sent to me by a PR firm. And when I did, when I saw her, her background, I knew immediately I wanted to speak with her. Number one, Casey's an American hero, and I mean that quite literally. She is she is a captain with the United States Army. She went to West Point, and she's on something called the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. I bet you didn't know we had that. Well, that's exactly what we talk about today. Is we talk about the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team, and we talk a little bit about too because Casey has a very interesting, a unique athletic background. And what's fun to to talk to her? It's fun to talk to her, and and hear the motivation. I don't know about you. I, I sometimes, I know I need to work out. I love exercising, but there's sometimes when I'm just like, oh, I don't want to go do it today. Why do I got to go do it today? But you know what? Once you get going, once you get moving, you always feel, you, you kind of switch on. You feel good. You feel involved. And that's what I want to talk to Casey about today is how do you stay motivated in the army for working out? That's part of your job. And here she is. She's on the Army fitness team. I want to speak with her about motivation. How do you get through those tough workouts? What can you do to set yourself aside? And if you're looking for workout ideas, if you love moving but you're not quite sure what to do, I have a dumbbell strength program. I have a kettlebell conditioning program. I have a functional core training program. I have ebooks available. I have an ebook on dynamic anatomy. I have another ebook on core training. I have a great webinar called Glute Reboot. I did with my friend Abby Apple. It's a two-hour webinar that will tell you everything you need to know about training your glutes. The point is, that's how I'm trying to support the podcast is by giving you education, by giving you information. I've spent my career educating personal trainers, and now I want to use the podcast to help educate you. And if you want to learn more, you can look down below in the show notes, buy my one of my workout programs. They're all very affordably priced. They're the price of one or two fitness magazines. You'll get a great workout program. The ebooks will teach you a lot, everything you need to know. Not every, who knows, a lot of what you need to know about how to design your own workout programs. That's if you want it. That's all below in the show notes. And hey, if you if you don't want to support it, if you can do us a favor, or can do me a favor, give it a quick review, five stars. You know how it works. Reviews help us with the search rankings. If you like All About Fitness, either subscribe or give it a ranking to help it reach up further in the standings. There's my pitch. There, there's my ask. Now, let's get back to, to Captain Casey Clark. 
And I wanted to speak with her about her, her background in high school athletics, what motivated her to go to West Point, what did she learn about West Point, and what exactly does the Army fitness team do? And, and this is interesting because I'll bet you didn't know this, but the U.S. Army has professional athletes. That's exactly what we're learning about today with Captain Casey Clark of the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. And why, why would it be, why would that have hit you? I mean, what, what was it about that visit that made you feel? Uh, just being back up there. Um, and it didn't feel to me like, I felt like I just left. But between all the changes and then um, getting to interact with the cadets that were there. And, you know, they, you know, definitely eager to talk to me and, and see what I do. And they're like, oh, when did you graduate, ma'am? And I was like, oh, 2011. They're like, that was, that was kind of a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, was it? I feel like I just left. So it was, that was when it kind of hit me that I went from, I always like have felt like I'm the junior, you know, officer, junior pilot um, in the unit. And then like, that's what it hit me. I'm like, oh no, now I'm now transitioning into that mentor, the, the boss, the leader. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. And I'm just going to go, we'll go right into it. Today, we're speaking with, with Captain Casey Clark of the United States military. Uh, Casey, what's the, what's the team that you're on? Because when I saw that come across my desk, the, is it the U.S. Army Warrior Team? What, what's what's the, the team that you're on with the uh, Army? Yeah, the official name is the U.S. Army Warrior Fitness Team. And I mean, and all aspects were pretty brand new. Um, we, it's comprised of Soldiers, officers, NCOs, junior enlisted, um, all active duty army soldiers from across all MOSs or job um, careers within the army. And we all just have like this love and passion for fitness. Um, Right now it's because it's so new, we're really have focused into two um, sports uh, we've got some folks that are on the team that are um, specialized in strongman competitions. So they do, um, they lift heavy, awkward <laughs> objects, which I'm just in awe of that. Whereas they're looking over at us, uh, me, I'm part of the um, functional fitness CrossFit team. Um, but we also have some people that have dabbled into powerlifting. So, I mean, really the, the intent is the sky is the limit. But right now, um, we've got 12 people on the team. Um, I want to say seven of us are CrossFit functional fitness athletes. And then um, the other five are strongman athletes. And um, it's it's a way to, you know, show America, show the public that we're not only um, soldiers in the Army, but, you know, we're fit, we're out competing against civilians just as much um and hopefully be just as competitive uh so it's it's pretty cool uh, compared to where what i've been doing before um so we're about a year into the team um we had tryouts back in the beginning of 2019 and then um slowly transitioned because i was originally stationed down in savannah georgia um and i moved up to fort knox where the team is based in kentucky um, in October of last year. So 
Interesting. I want to ask you a little bit about that because I think it's fascinating because, you know, and to look at your background, what brought you into the army? Cause I was looking at your athletic background. Didn't you have a pretty big, uh, pretty interesting athletic background? Cause you grew up where in uh, Georgia? Yes, 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 yes. I grew up uh, south of Atlanta, um, more in the suburbs. Uh, but my parents, uh, I have an older sister about three years older than me. And my parents were just like, you guys are going to do every sport possible. We're just going to put you in everything. So we took swim lessons. We took golf lessons. I think I even did some racquetball lessons, (laughs) tennis, basketball, um, everything. And uh, the thing that stuck with me was actually gymnastics. Um, From the age of three, I just, I loved it. I love it still to this day. Um, and I ended up, uh, doing club and pretty much doing gymnastics till I graduated from high school. So I was a level 10 gymnast, um, when I graduated and it's, that's really at the core of my heart, but also I, I did, um, a little bit of soccer, traveling soccer. And then also in high school, um, I was on the track and field team with like sprints and long jump and whatnot. So, so you're just a power explosive athlete. Cause that was the one thing I saw that you're, weren't you a state champion? Like, Oh yeah, I was on the track team. Weren't you a state <laughs> champion in track and, uh, what was it? Long jump or was it high jump? Uh, well, I wasn't like an individual state champion. I was okay. an individual state champion in gymnastics, but our team, our um, girls team was state champion in track and field, um, which was actually really awesome because we had a pretty small team. So it was like myself, I did long jump and triple jump. So I was like basically the field athlete. And we had one girl that was doing shock put and discus. So like she helped cover that. And then um, I was on the four by one team with another girl that was also like covered the sprint. So she did the hundred meter, the 200. And then we had a middle distance girl and then a distance girl. So it was like one from each, you know, group of track and field. And we all just really delivered that day. Um, at state and like came together. And like, I think we edged out like the second place team by like two points. I think it came down to like the four by four, which is always the last race of um, a track meet. So that's so actually then, a really fond memory. Well, so then when you got to, when you looked at it, then it's a natural evolution to go into the army because from my understanding, military is all about how do you, you know, to come together as a team. I mean, was that a hard transition and going from kind of that kind of athletic career to what made you decide to go to West Point in the first place? And then was it a hard transition to, to, to go into to West Point, that culture? Um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's definitely a culture shock. Uh, ironically, uh, my family is, um, like my dad and my dad's brother, my uncle, both graduated from West Point. Oh, okay. But, right. um, and my mom um, served as well. She was ROTC out of a school in Louisiana. So my parents met in the military, but they had both gotten out by the time I was three or four. So couldn't really remember. So I honestly did not grow up as a army brat, as you would coin it. Um, and really, my parents never really talk that much about their military experience besides bringing us up kind of in that strict, like, yes, sir, no, sir, make sure our our beds were made and rooms were clean. Um, But really it was uh, 
I was really focused on the Air Force Academy growing up. A cadet had come to my school to talk to us. And um, I was actually pretty excited because they had a women's gymnastics team. And I wanted to compete um, gymnastics in college. And that was the only military academy that had a women's team. But I was also really drawn in general to just uh, these academies, these military academies where I was seeing people jumping out of planes and maybe you call me a, a adrenaline junkie, but I was like, Oh, I want to do stuff like that <laughs> over my summer. Um, so really when my sister who's three years older uh, went on her recruiting trip up to West point uh, when I got to see the school and I was, I mean, if anybody's ever been to the campus at West point, it is absolutely breathtaking. Um, people call it Hogwarts because <laughs> it's just, I mean, the, the stone buildings and just the atmosphere and all the cadets are in their uniforms and somewhat look like they're wearing robes sometimes, just like go, traveling all around. I mean, it's, it's something that um, you can't really explain, but when you see it, you're like, oh, okay. And so that kind of, Ironically, even though my family members have been to West Point and went to West Point, I was not intentionally planning on going there, but I mean, don't regret it at all. And I'm actually very much fortunate that I did, um, even though I probably wouldn't have said that while I was there. For oh, I'm sure that because that can be such, my understanding is it's such a tough place to go to school, Casey. And, and now with athletics, everybody there, every, is it, am I wrong? Is it, ple- no, it's recruit at West Point, right? And plebe at Navy? No, you're, so you're freshman year, you're yeah. a plebe. Okay. Um, and in general, they, uh, you'll just call us cadets. Okay, okay. Um, before we actually commission, but your freshman year, you're a plebe, your sophomore year, you're a yuck, you're uh <laughs> Junior year, you're a cow. <laughs> oh wow! And your senior year, you're a firstie. So like you're last so year getting ready because, to get out. Yeah. No, but my understanding is every student at West Point it has to do a sport that everybody play. I mean, what kind of role does that culture play in the army? And they because now you're you're kind of like on a new fitness team in the army. But how ingrained is that kind of that workout and that fitness culture into what the military does? Right. So I mean to be a soldier, I mean, you have to be fit. Like you're expected, I mean, in combat or in general, just to be able to run, jump, shoot, anything like that. So, I mean, and so at West Point, I mean, that's definitely uh, somewhat inculcated into into the atmosphere. And it's actually a, a third of our overall grade, if that makes sense. So we're not just doing studies. I mean, we also get a physical grade and then we also get a military grade um, while we're there. And then that all feeds into when your senior year comes, your first year, um, all three of those grades combined kind of determine your class rank that you are within the class and then determines what you do in the military when when you commission as just as a second lieutenant and and where i want to go with this because now looking at your at what you do because you do like i said you do a pretty bad job you do a pretty cool job or you were doing that because you're a helicopter pilot right yes uh so i i uh was i still say i, I was lucky because um, <laughs> 
with uh, at West Point, I um, I did end up doing um, track and field all four years. So I was a long jumper, and then actually my freshman year, my plebe year, my um, coach he comes up to me and he was like, "We didn't recruit or don't have any more pole vaulters." And he was like, "With your gymnastics background, do you want to try pole vaulting?" And I was like, "Wait, with the stick and <laughs> that, that thing." Um, all right, let's go. Adrenaline junkie. Here I yeah. am. <laughs> and, um, so I, that actually ended up being my best event actually. Oh, um, wow. I actually stopped triple jumping because I quickly learned as, uh, I'm only five one and wow. within my first, uh, couple of track meets standing next to triple jumpers, if, if you've seen them, all their hips were the height of my I'm about to say, yeah, so, triple jumpers are like almost six foot. Yeah. The females are, are pretty tall. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started pole vaulting and that actually be, ended up being my, my best event. I broke the school record several times and was Patriot League, which is the league that West Point and the Naval Academy are in, um, was like field athlete of the year and um, Patriot League champion um, the last, my last two years at, at West Point. But that's pretty, um, I mean, that's pretty, you're, you're kind of like being humble about that, Casey. It's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome, though, not to have ever picked up a, uh, not to ever have picked, but I'm 100% serious to look at the athleticism of that, to not have done pole vault and then pick it up in college and end up winning, I mean, winning all league, and especially because I would imagine like the competitive military academies that you're always getting people running through there that have done track and field that have, I mean, so that's legit. I mean, you're kind of being yeah, a little bit shy I mean, about that, but I think just give yourself some you. props because that's, that's some serious, that's, that's legit. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it, uh, West Point and the Naval Academy, I mean, they're, they're D one. Um, so that was, it was definitely some competition because we also like compete against other schools like Bucknell and, um, a couple other like pretty sound schools up in the Northeast. Um, but really that, with all those demands is what I was saying. Um, definitely takes some, some balance and, um, but the really great atmosphere at West point for one, the class sizes are a little bit smaller and anytime that I was going to miss class or, you know, do a, to a track meet or anything like that. Um, I just made sure to get with my instructors, my teachers, and I did a lot of extra like after school tutoring, meaning I was getting tutored and um, getting extra instruction from my instructors who were absolutely great. I mean, a lot of them live like within the um, post of West Point. So, I mean, they'll come in on the weekends to catch you up. And I mean, it's like one thing I always tell anybody who's looking to go to really any of the academies, but I can only really speak to West Point is I mean, you almost have to try to fail if you are motivated and are really working hard, like they don't want you to fail. So that, I mean, that atmosphere in general, I mean, it translates into the army too. I mean, if you want to be there and you want to be part of the team and you're showing up, then, I mean, everybody's going to circle around you and like the camaraderie is just... Well, let's talk about that with fitness because I think a lot of people look at it, Casey, when they get into the gym, 
they, there might be an, um, this feeling of I'm going at it all by myself. I'm doing it all alone. But how that's one of the things that impresses me about like the culture around CrossFit and some of those workouts. Doesn't that become kind of a culture of like that kind of picks you up? I mean, how, exactly. how cool is that to see that the kind of the culture kind of takes over the experience? Yep. Um, I didn't find um, CrossFit until I was in flight school down in Alabama. Um, so the first probably couple of months coming out of West Point where, you know, I was pretty much my entire life. And at West Point, I was doing athletics and competing for something. So this was the first time in my life where I was like, okay, so now it's really my responsibility to figure out my workouts. And I mean, you know, it can especially when you're starting from scratch and going into a gym and you're just like, uh, there's all these machines in here. I somewhat know how to use them, but I don't, I'm not a programmer. I don't, I don't know how to really like target different muscle groups. So it was a little overwhelming. And then, um, some friends were like, Hey, we went and tried this CrossFit gym. And I didn't know much about CrossFit, just had heard about it. And I was like, um, okay. I think that that day that I first tried, it was, uh, I want to say had like handstand pushups or something. And with my gymnastics background, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> You're like, I could do that. So initially what brought me in was, Oh, I get to walk on my hands and do handstand pushups. But what kept me in the sport was exactly what you're saying. The community, the, the group of people. I mean, there's something to say, and it's exactly like the army. I mean, they both correlate is the, it's almost like the grunt, like the challenge, the suck of, like, oh man, I don't want to do this. And then there's five other people that were like, I don't want to do this either, but you're going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. And then that bond that you end up creating is just like so special. Cause you're like, oh man, on the other side, after you've accomplished it, you're like, man, we did that. Like we really did that. <laughs> Isn't that the cool thing though? That is like at the end of the workout, you kind of look at, at your friends, you kind of give each other some knuckles or at least you used to be able to, and said, we got you that together. So I think a lot of people out there get intimidated when they hear about this high-intensity exercise. They might feel intimidated that they can't do it. it mm-hmm. In your experience, I mean, is it is it something that comes naturally to you? I would imagine with your athletic background, it, it's not that hard for you. It's probably harder for you. Let me ask this question, kind of go into that. It's probably harder for you to take a rest day or take an easy day than it is to do like a really hard workout. Does that make sense? It's kind of like, yeah. do you ever have yeah, a hard time just kind of shutting itch. it down? <laughs> Right. There's that itch of, oh, uh, my, but I mean, you also really have to listen to your body. I mean, you got to be smart because overtraining is real. And I mean, it'll affect you worse in the long run. But honestly, that's what drew me in to start coaching CrossFit. And I mean, almost um, probably within six months of having started CrossFit, I, was like, I'm going to go get my, my level one and I want to become a coach. And I thought I was passionate about competing myself, but I find I'm actually most passionate about coaching. And, um, I've been really privileged to have found so many through all of my moving, um, through different duty stations and whatnot. I've had the opportunity to coach at so many different gyms and become part of so many different communities. Um, 
where I'm coaching anyone from, you know, they just walked in off the street having that same kind of fear and apprehension to, you know, more seasoned athletes to, you know, older athletes to high school athletes. So, I mean, like the way that functional fitness and CrossFit is, it's infinitely scalable and you can take one workout and adjust it to anyone, no matter what their injury, what their capabilities are, anything like that. And I, and I still think people, and, and people might not be aware of that. And I do think there's an intimidation factor because people have heard and seen the ultra fit people in, in CrossFit. Now I was going to want to shift gears a little bit. One of the reasons why I, I thought it was fascinating to talk to you with the U S army warrior team. And that's because you might be a little young because you said you graduated West point in 2011. Yes. Okay. Cause what I want to ask you about is there never used to be a field of tactical fitness or tactical strength and conditioning. And the last, it's been about the last 10 or 12 years since you've gotten out of West Point and have been in your career. On, on my side, the education side, there's a whole now, there, there's actually certification for tactical strength and conditioning, and you have fields of study on that. Have you seen that difference in your job in, in the Army, Casey? Have like, you seen the Army take a different approach to fitness in the last few years? And one of the things I ask about that, because I remember when I was uh, you know, a young man in the early 2000s, and I had friends that were in the Army, I was like, oh yeah, our fitness test was a three-mile run, it was push-ups, it was sit-ups, and that was it. And I know the fitness test has changed, but how has, has the Army evolved its fitness mindset? Has that been something that you've noticed since you've been active duty? I mean, I definitely think so. Um, I know for a while they were also, you know, sending soldiers that were, you know, showing interest in fitness and, you know, being tactically more tactically fit. I mean, everybody has to have, you know, that baseline level, but um, they were actually sending soldiers to get their and paying for them to get their level one certification in CrossFit because, they saw the benefits of, you know, a variety of movements and not just staying in that, you know, linear lane of, okay, I'm just going to run for these two miles, you know, and, and I mean, it's showing now in the new ACFT where, I mean, now we're doing shuttle sprints and sled drags and deadlifts. So, I mean, it's really bringing in that whole dynamic, you know, like dynamic approach to in combat. I mean, you're not going to, okay, now I'm going to run. And then now I'm going to sit here and shoot. I mean, it's, I mean, there's so many changing aspects on the battlefield that you don't know. You can't even predict it, obviously. So you have to be prepared for anything and everything. And that's, and that's the academic side of, of me of like for years, because it was, you know, you look at that and you go, it, ne- it never made any sense that the army held up its fitness test or, or the military was like, okay, we're going to run for three miles when that has no correlation with what you do in a field. I mean, <laughs> if you're ever running for three miles straight in the field, something's gone really, really, really wrong <laughs> because at most you're going to run for maybe two to 500 meters to get behind something really thick and really heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to have to do that as fast as you can carrying 70 pounds of gear. So right. it, it, it never made sense to me, say, why is this the fitness testing in the Army? But now that's evolved a little bit, has it? And now there's a much more practical skills-based fitness test, right? Yes. And I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see. I mean, it's probably going to even keep changing. And, you know, it's just the fact that they're trying something new, I think, is, is great. And whether or not it's going to prove to be the answer, we don't know yet. But at least 
we're moving in a direction of, okay, let's try something new. Let's try to get people, you know, more fit, more uh, ready, more, you know, present and able to deploy. And, and that really is what it comes down to, right? Is, is that a lot of people might not realize, but a lot of our advances in fitness actually kind of evolved out of the military and studying, like studying the space program and studying what what people can do. And I'll I'll ask you this: since you're in the army, do you know where the name for the exercise, where the um, name for the exercise burpee came from? No. Uh-oh, you're gonna. Right, I've said this, but I've shared this before. It came from actually a um, he was it was an exercise physiologist working with the U.S. Army back in the 1930s. They were coming up with different conditioning programs, and the guy's name was Royal Burpee. Royal Royal Burpee was his name, and he came uh-huh. up with a squat thr- squat thrust exercise for the military. And so the the army adopted it, and they had nothing else to call it. So they just called it. Oh, we'll do the burpees, and that was just oh. the, the fellow's last name. So now you've got a little bit of uh, army history and a little bit of fitness history in there as well. No, that's cool. I did not know that. Good so, thing. I mean, he had an interesting last name. I don't think I've ever met anybody with the last name Burpee. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know if he, he may be. He may be. A, it's kind of like uh, there's a Dr. Tabata who who did the research. Who did the original research on the Tabata protocol, and so we got the name from there. So let me. A lot of listeners might not realize this, but now that you're on the Army fitness team, part of your job now is to are you compare are you preparing to compete in CrossFit Games? Does that become part of your job now? Is to represent the the, the Army at these type of events? Yes. Um, so we've we've competed. I mean pre-COVID, um, we were really ramping up and we, um, we all did the open last year for CrossFit. And that was really kind of the beginning of the season. And, um, the idea is mostly, I mean, we have some individuals like, um, Captain Chandler Smith, who stays a little more on the individual side, but a lot of us were geared up for being on the team, the CrossFit team, which is to, Uh, males, two females. And um, we had qualified for, out of the open, we qualified for three of the sanctional events um, that were coming up. And then some of the sanctional events, which are events where if your team goes and competes and wins that top spot, then you get the invite to the games, which is the big correlating event for CrossFit. and a couple of other sanctionals, they had individual um, team qualifiers that you had to do outside of the um, open. So um, as a team, we had qualified and competed at Wadapalooza, which is a pretty big um, CrossFit event down in Miami. And that was in February. So pretty much right before COVID. Um, and that, so that was our big, our first big competition. We had done some smaller ones and done really well. And it was those are really fun. And Wadapalooza was like our big stage, our first big stage event. And um, coming out of there with a top 10 finish was really big for us and exciting because it was like, okay, you know, we can really work to go up from here um, was the, the goal. But um, COVID, of course, like everybody else, no matter what you're doing, kind of put a wrench in everything. Um, we're still training hard though. And we're really just trying to figure out just like CrossFit itself is trying to figure out what's next. And yeah, that, that had that whole evolution and, and it's, it's interesting how that 
you know, that's kind of above our pay grade. So I wasn't gonna <laughs> wasn't gonna delve into that because but the reason when I was why I was asking that because I think people might be might be fascinated to realize that in certain positions in the army you can get paid for doing sports. Like when I played rugby, when I in my early twenties when I played rugby in downtown DC, one of my buddies who had gone to West Point was on the all army and he was on the combined services rugby team. So every mm-hmm. time every time that that the army team or the combined services team was going to enter in a tournament, he basically got paid vacation to go down to the camp for a week and to, you know, and, and basically be a rugby player representing the army. And I had another friend, the guy I played rugby with who was on the army wrestling team before he got into rugby. And so that was his job. He was a clerk, but he was based out, I think it was at Fort Campbell. Is that where you are at Fort Campbell? Or, you know, yeah, you said you're not about two hours east. Okay, because yeah, he was at Fort Campbell and he was he was a wrestler there. So is that kind of what you're doing? Are you on the the CrossFit team? Is kind of your, or is it just something you're doing on the side? Um, well, up until the actual team got made, I mean, I was definitely that's what I was doing on the side, and I was you know flying helicopters um, before. But once they made this team, we're not considered all army, um, and essentially we're actually doing this full time. So, um, I'm one of the only people on the team that I'm still in command. So, um, I took a command here so that I still stay promotable. Um, so it really just depends on your own personal timeline within the, um, army that you have, but everybody else, they're training full time, which is definitely a full day event. Um, to compete at the level that we want to be at, which is getting to the games. Um, So it's been definitely an adjustment for me to having gone from being so operational where, you know, my focus is flying and doing more military aspects and then now shifting a little bit to, yes, I'm in command, but now I also need to put and even more time into the gym to make sure that I'm um, still trained and ready to compete more elite. So um, it's definitely a little bit of an adjustment. Um, We still have myself and there's another uh, Blackhawk pilot on the team with me. We still have uh, minimum flight requirements just to stay current. Um, So, I mean, again, with the team being so new, we're still trying to figure out, how that all plays in. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a a crazy, awesome experience. I mean, I'm the example or I don't even want to say outlier, but I mean, through the, through the army, I've gotten to have essentially two dream jobs, um, flying helicopters and, getting to CrossFit for a living as well. well I was going to ask that, you know, it's, it's cool. The CrossFit's cool and all, but there have to be some times, uh, Casey, when you look at it, you're like, I'm a freaking helicopter pilot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you kind of get that little swag. You know, how, what was that like? I mean, when you kind of found out that, yes, you qualified for it and going through the training, I mean, cause you're being trusted with this multi-million dollar machine. Number one, there's gotta be like a little fear factor there. And at what point does that cross over from kind of being fear to being swagger? Does that make sense? <laughs> it's like at kind of what point do you kind of like, okay, I can do this thing. It's kind of like a heavy lift though, right? If you look at it, you look at a heavy lift, like, oh, I need to clean, I need to clean 225 pounds. And once you develop it, you get that confidence. Is that kind of, was it kind of the same process? For sure. Um, I mean, 
Flight school is definitely challenging in itself. I mean, it's a water hose coming at you fast. And um, generally, flight school is about a year long. So after I graduated from West Point, um, went down to Fort Rucker. And I mean, it's the training is great. And there's definitely, I think I had that fear, like you said, right before my first flight. Because I'd never really, I don't, honestly, I'd been on a helicopter once before. Um, but that was really it. And there was just that like, kind of like, <gasps> what if I can't do this? You know, there's just that doubt that always creeps in. That's like, what if I'm one of those people that just can't figure this out? And then really just pushing it down and being like, no, you're going to give everything you have to, to figure this out. Cause a challenge is the next, I mean, I just live for the next challenge. Um, so then after graduating from flight school, then kind of the same thing happens again when you get to your first unit, because then now you're like, oh, training's done. Now I'm in my, my first unit, which was actually at Fort Campbell. And I get there and I'm like, oh, now I'm pushed in with people that have been flying for years and there's no way I can be as good as them, but the great thing in is too, I mean, just as I've been saying, I mean, I showed up and I was like eager to learn and I wanted to be the best that I could be. So there are definitely people that took me under their wing, which I mean, I could name a long list, but I was just so fortunate to have so many warrant officers and senior pilots that were like, let me show you this is how you do this, or this is how I like to do this, which was just so great. Cause I mean, again, if you want to learn and you want to do it, then there are people that are going to help you because I mean, again, they are, they're going to have to stop flying eventually. So they want to entrust, you know, the next person to come in and be just as good as them. If not better, you want to leave it better than what you found it. So well, how much, cause you, you've mentioned this a couple of times and I kind of see with your attitude and your energy. And this is one thing I've always told, told younger people, how much of life of success is just showing up on time and just being ready of being open and ready. How, how much, I mean, is that something you learned from having parents in the military or where did you pick that up? I, yeah, I guess I honestly had, now that you say that and say it like that, I mean, that that's a great way of thinking about it. I'd never really thought about it that way, but I mean, it, it really is. That's, it's something that seems so simple, but not everybody can figure out necessarily. And I mean, it's kind of like, um, I mean, like you said, with motivation, I mean, that's just motivation. And it's almost like something where people have it for different things. It's almost like an appetite. Like there's just some things that you just love. And there's some things that you're like, I don't want to eat that, but it's good for me. So I should eat it. And so you almost have to train it too. So I mean, motivation is kind of like that where it's like, there are some things where I can just get up and go. And there are other things where I'm like, okay, you're going to count down to one. And at one, you're getting up and you're going to do this. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it's really, yeah, it was just, I guess that's a good way of putting it. I like the way you put that. Well, and, that, and that's one of the things I think that, 
that people have to realize that, or that exercise or fitness people, fitness enthusiasts have a leg up over other people in the world is that we're used to, okay, uh, I may not want to be in the gym today, but I'm here. So I got to do, you know, I got to be ready and I got to put the work in. I mean, I think that's a mindset. Do you notice that different mindset between, because there's a huge difference between somebody who works out and someone who does competitive CrossFit. And would you, would you kind of describe that that's the mindset of people you might compete with? If they look at a weight and like they, they see that as a, not as something that's going to beat them, but as something that just is going to make them better. Right. I mean, a hundred percent. I couldn't have said it better than myself. <laughs> Because I, I what I, what I want people to realize is that you know your fitness starts with you. It's, it's I think the most important muscle is that one between your ears. And what type of training, like what's been, have you what's been like the one of the best leadership lessons you've gotten from your experience in the army that you can kind of carry with you? Like, it was it in sports? Was it in training? Like, what's like been one, like one of those leadership things that kind of gets you through, whether that's through a tough workout or just through a tough day. I think another thing too, I would say is it's not always, like you said, I mean, it it does seem very internal, but relying on those external people, like you can't necessarily always do it alone. You accountability sometimes you just need the person next to you to be like, you're going to do this. And I feel like in, in leadership and in all my leadership positions and everything that I've accomplished, I look back and it's, again, I mean, I have a long list of people that were there for me that helped pick me up that, you know, when I was doubting everything, they were, like, no, you got this. And sometimes I think that is, is the real, you know, kind of switch that, that helps that you can't do it alone. I like that because a lot of, a lot of top leaders will always talk about their, their networks and their teams. And so with, with everything going on, what is, what are the plans for the army fitness team? Like, what are you guys, you're staying in a high state of physical preparedness or how are you guys training right now? If you don't really have anything on the calendar, are there any virtual contests coming up or do you guys ever throw down just for the sake of throwing down to see who can you know put up the most weight or do the most reps? Yeah, almost every day is somewhat like that, um, which is which is definitely fun. But um, we actually just had a um, online qualifier for because when the games initially announced that they were only having individual compet- competitors come and not inviting um, teams or masters or team athletes, um, a, some outside entities were like, "Hey, we're going to host." A competition for teams. We're going to host a competition for masters athletes. So there was um, a big qualifier for uh, the teams. So we had to, we did the online qual for that. So that was about a little about two weeks ago. So that was fun to kind of like, oh, we're doing something now. Um, and then there's a couple of uh, what we would call more local competitions that are still on the books in August and September. Um, so we're really excited to kind of get out hopefully and get to compete. I mean, whether it's local or more nationally, and I mean, it's just fun to 
be able to, say, to have a cold to you know in the, in the humidity humidity of Kentucky in August. I will let you because uh, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's just a little. I mean, if you want to talk a place a little warmer than Georgia, I would imagine Kentucky in August gets a little bit uh, gets a little bit up there in temperature. Now to wrap up here, Casey, what is what, what what would your recommendation be? I have two daughters who are elementary school, and and I'm like right near uh, Camp Pendleton in in San Diego, so they okay. see a lot of army, they see a lot of military. Military. And my one daughter is always, she's like, daddy, what do you have to be to be a soldier? Can girls be soldiers? And what is, what would your, and I always say, yes. I mean, I always tell them that girls are better than boys and everything. Cause that's been my experience, you know? So, and I definitely want them to have that little swag, but in all seriousness, what would your take be if somebody were asking about a military, even just for a few years, go to the Academy for their daughter, is that a good place for, for girls? And is that something that you would recommend? Hey, I would not have traded it for the world. I mean, whether I'd gone to the Air Force Academy or, or West Point, but I mean, my dad is exactly the same as you. He had two daughters, uh, you know, that he wants to protect from the world. And still to this day, every time we deploy, he's just a little, you know, nervous. But at the same time, he and my mom, you know, they put everything they could to prepare us for the world in general. But um, I mean, the military, the army has so many job opportunities. I mean, it's like 150 different job opportunities from culinary arts to, you know, um, flying helicopters. (laughs) So, I mean, even just on our team, we have a neuroscientist and an optometrist I mean, it, it the, the sky's the limit. And the fact that I've been in the army for almost 10 years myself and I've essentially had two different careers within the army. Um, so, I mean, I, I, whether you, again, like, just like you said, want to serve a couple years or retire, I mean, there's just to serve and to be a part of something bigger than yourself is something that you'll never be able to experience anywhere else. So, I mean, it's, it, it just, especially as a younger person looking to go into the army, it helps you develop and learn things about yourself that you might not be able to develop on your own, if that makes sense. And then, so then you can take that. And I mean, going even back into the civilian workforce, that's something that, your peers might not necessarily have or have developed. So there's that aspect as well. Um, I mean, I love seeing strong women. I mean, just other strong women that come into the military. And I've been very fortunate that at West Point, I got to, you know, there's still my best friends. Um, So many women are that I went to West Point with. And whether they're still in or out now, they're still kicking butt and taking names in whatever they're doing. So, I mean, that's so exciting that your little girls are, are wanting to do that. Um, I just got one little small story. I remember um, seeing this sign hanging up in um, the hangar, which is where they keep aircraft. And um, it said... All any little girl wants is to grow up and marry a pilot. And I just kind of chuckled and I looked at my dad because I was with my dad at the time. And I said, that's really funny. 
I want to make one that says all any girl, I mean, any, any little girl wants is to grow up and be a pilot. So I think just in general, like just changing that mindset that we don't have to limit. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're a male or a female, put yourself in a box. I never would have thought I would have been a helicopter pilot, to be honest, growing up. But um, having my parents that were like, you can do whatever you want, just like you're doing for your little girls is, I think, exactly the answer. Well, I'd love that because that's the mindset I want to get get my daughters into is don't grow up and marry one, grow up and be one, you know, grow yeah. up and, and and have and have that mindset. And I'll, and I'll share this with you to wrap up, Casey. It doesn't matter. You you can fly a multi-million dollar helicopter. You can snatch 275 pounds overhead. Your dad is every time he looks at you, he sees the two-year-old that grabbed his fingers like that. You know, and I'm holding up for, for listeners. I'm holding up my two fingers on the video, video camera. That, that's how, no matter how old you get, no matter how bad you are, your dad is always going to look at you as that little girl holding on to his two little fingers. Yeah. And he's always going to have that mindset, no matter what you can do and no matter what you're able to achieve. Cause I just know that's true with my little girls, right? It is I know. And, and I'm fortunate because I work in a field where I get to see a lot of strong women like yourself who I can point to and be like, you know, I mean, their mother is their mother works their sheriff's department and teaches fitness on the side. So their mother's kind of, <laughs> she's got it going on herself, yeah, but is. you know, um, you know, but that's what's so fun is to be able to say, hey, look, here's a woman doing this. Here's a woman doing that. And here's a woman having a career as a helicopter pilot. And I just think, you know, that's why I think it's cool that you're on the Army fitness team. Where can people get more information about the Army fitness team if they want to find out about it? Maybe they have friends, relatives that might be in the Army that might want to get a little bit more involved where, where they can get more information. Well, you definitely check out um, GoArmy.com. But we're um, our team has an actual personal page on Instagram, which is US Army at US Army Warrior Fit. Um, and then also on Facebook as well. Same thing. Uh, so, I mean, you can follow the team, see what we're doing. We're always posting content, um, both personal background information um, and just workouts that we're doing that you can jump in and do with us. That's kind of cool. And I like the fact, I kind of like the idea of, of my tax dollars going to support a, an Army CrossFit team. You know, but I've always asked, I always asked a friend of mine up at Pendleton. I'm like, Hey, what's the day of the year I can come in and rock a 50 caliber because, Hey, my tax dollars help pay for it. I want to go play <laughs> with some of the toys. I want to play with some of those toys too. And he goes, yeah, you can do that for four years at a time if you want. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. always his response. So I'm like, Hey, we're paying for it. My tax dollars will help pay for it. I know I might not be, might not be able to fly one, but you certainly be able to go up and, uh, and take an afternoon spin for one at uh, some point, but <laughs> Casey, I really, Casey Clark, I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate your service with what you're doing with the uh, U.S. Army. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really great experience and thank you so much for your time. Like I said, I I get fired up talking to to young young men and women like Casey. She's obviously fired up. She's motivated. And to see, you know, I had her on video. You know, I was doing a video chat recording, recording this on video. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know how often you are around members of our armed services. I live here in San Diego, so we have a lot of military. We have Marines. We have Navy stationed around. And it's fun. When I interact sometimes with these young people, on one hand, I am very um, well aware that they're being asked to do a very tough job. They have to go out and have to deploy in some pretty awful situations. But on the other hand, I am just blown away by their enthusiasm, by their their intelligence, by their commitment to their mission. And that's exactly what I got from speaking with Casey today. I was just blown away and 
And I think we're in good shape. You know, we can sit there and look and be critical of some of our elected officials. But when we see a young person like Casey who makes a decision to go commit her life to the military, it lets you know that we're doing things right. And, and if we have a lot of people, if we have people in the military, leaders in the military like her, we, we are in, in great shape with that. And it's a lot of fun. But one of the reasons why I wanted to speak with her is I didn't know if you knew this. I, I was 100% serious. When I played rugby, I had a couple buddies in the military, and basically they were professional athletes in the military. <laughs> One of my friends was on the all-army, he was on the army wrestling team, and, and his job as a clerk was basically whatever. It was basically like a fake job, but his army was, his not his army, but his job in the army was to train for and be on the army wrestling team. They competed against other bases. They competed against other services, but they got they got very into it. And if you're on the wrestling team, when it's time to go to training camp, that's all you do is you go to training camp. Another buddy of mine, uh, T. Swartz, uh, Trevor Swartz, was on the Army All Army Rugby Team, and he was on the Combined Services Military Team. And there might be you know back in the '90s, there might have been different tournaments where you had the Midwest, you had the Mid Atlantic, you had the West Coast, different All Stars. And you would either have the services, the all-army team, or you'd have the combined services team, which took uh, players from each one of the each one of the services. And I played with guy. I played with a guy who was on the Coast Guard team. I played with uh, Brian LeMay, who was on the the Air Force team. It really is. It's a lot of fun. There's a huge culture of rugby within the military, and it's a lot of fun to see that. And that was the other reason why I wanted to talk to Casey is to hear how that's going now and that it is possible to still be in the military and to play sports. So you can be in the military and play baseball. You can be in the military and play football, soccer. Whatever your jam is for sports, that's one thing that you can do is to kind of be a competitive athlete. Where was I? Last year I was in China, and they're having the, the, the military games in China, and I went through uh, customs with the, the military. It was a Canadian military women's volleyball team. Yeah, say that five times fast. I went through customs with the Canadian military. Uh, it was I don't remember if it was their army. I think it was just their military volleyball team. And they were traveling to China to play against other military volleyball teams. That was part of their duty assignment. That wasn't a holiday for them. That was part of their duty assignment. You may you may or may not have kids look at the military as a line of work, and I wanted to ask that question: Is is the military a good option? Because for one of my daughters, it might be. You know, it might be a great option, and I just wanted to hear from her point of view about what she thought about if she'd recommend that that girls go into the army because we know it can be different experiences for men and women working in the in the military services. All those reasons are why I wanted to have. Uh, Casey Clark on today. She was a, a dynamo. She really was a lot of fun to speak to. Very motivating. I think I'm gonna have a great workout today. I'm, I'm recording this before I work out, but after speaking with Casey, I'm gonna take a look at that weight and and know that I have to do, make some uh, do some work with that weight. If you have any comments, any feedback, any guests that you'd like to hear, reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. We can connect via via Instagram. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness, Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. If you're looking for great YouTube content, I'm putting up more and more information on my YouTube channel. It's the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. I'm trying to put a lot of content out there, folks, to help you learn how to use exercise to not only enhance your quality of life, but to slow down the aging process because that's exactly what it can do. With that, as always, thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.